Rural Broadband Today is a production of Pioneer Utility Resources. Broadband, we need it for work and for school, for our health and our economy. What's being done to bring broadband internet access within reach of every American? Let's talk about it now on Rural Broadband Today. Hello, and thank you for listening in to this episode of Rural Broadband Today. I'm your host, Andy Johns with Pioneer. And on this episode, we're going to Tennessee. As you can probably tell from the country twang in the opening music there, uh, we're going to Nashville, which is home to the Tennessee Broadband Association, and to uh, Paige Shapiro, who I'll talk about in just a moment. Uh, On this episode, uh, it's a crossover episode that we are recording uh, with the uh, Lead Tennessee Radio, which is a podcast produced by the Tennessee Broadband Association. Lead Tennessee Radio is available on all of the popular podcast platforms. Some good episodes on there talking to uh, the people making things happen uh, in the great state of Tennessee. It's hosted by either Lavoie Knowles or Carrie Huckabee. Carrie Huckabee is the executive director of the Tennessee Broadband Association. And on this episode, she interviews Paige Shapiro, who is Tennessee's federal program officer for the Broadband Equity Access and Deployment, uh, so BEAD, and the Digital Equity Program. So uh, they will be discussing how, the pro- how those programs aim to ensure all people and communities have the skills, technology, and capacity needed to reap the full benefits of the digital economy. Now, Lee Tennessee Radio is produced in partnership with Pioneer. Uh, we, we do that, um, uh, take the, the production uh, part of it from the Tennessee Broadband Association and, and put that in everyone's feed. So we've got a, a crossover episode for you, um, I think, after, after listening through it. I think it's very valuable to the Rural Broadband Today audience. I hope you enjoy. Again, Lead Tennessee Radio by the Tennessee Broadband Association is available on all of the popular podcast platforms. And the voices you hear will be Carrie Huckabee, Executive Director of the Tennessee Broadband Association, and Paige Shapiro. Thanks. Welcome, Paige. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, before we jump in and talk about BEAD, start off by telling us a little bit about your background and how you found yourself in this position with NTIA, the U.S. Department of Commerce. I'd love to. Uh, So I am a true Tennessean. I was born and raised in East Tennessee. I graduated from the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, go Vols. (laughs) And my first job out of college was in Nashville. So I've always been here um, trying to serve those in our state. I actually, um, my first job out of college was working with Governor Haslam and his administration in a two-year fellowship program. I studied business in college, and I had a bit of a midlife crisis and decided that I would go see how I could um, help make government a better place uh, and make Tennessee a better place uh, to live, work, and raise a family. Um, Through that fellowship program, I got placed um, in the Department of Education and really found a passion there. Um, I worked in early literacy for several years where I specialized in early literacy program design, uh, implementation, and adoption. I, uh, I just happened to be looking for a new challenge when I heard about this role, and I felt like my skill sets and my knowledge and just the great relationships I had already across Tennessee would be really valuable in helping connect all of our citizens to high-speed, reliable, affordable internet. Um, And uh, I just think this is such a great goal. So I interviewed with NTIA. I am very lucky that they thought um, I would be a good fit. And here I am today. 
Well, we're glad to have you. You, uh, you bring an extensive background uh, in Nashville and, of course, born and raised here in our great state of Tennessee. So that's that's a, a great thing, an advantage all on its own. I think you're a little young for a midlife crisis, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little. I looked at changing my um, business degree, and it was just going to cost way too much time and money. So I was like, okay, I will um, get my business degree and then go work for a business-minded governor and see where that takes me. Well, as things are ramping up for BEAD, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of details that are still being worked through and and federal program officers are being assigned. Tell us what the responsibilities are of a federal program officer. Yes. So this is what I think is a really exciting job. First and foremost, I'm here and all the federal program officers are here to partner with state broadband offices to be a resource and a means of communication to relay important information to and from NTIA. So that's really the the most, you know, blaring thing on my job description. Um, But we are also here to be a spokesperson and an advocate for our NTIA programs and more importantly, the stakeholder communities that surround them. So we absolutely know that building relationships with stakeholders is the only way we can successfully deploy this program. So it is a huge responsibility of mine and partnership with the Department of Economic and Community Development to listen and ensure that what our citizens say is correctly reflected in our state's final plans and proposals. And then, you know, there's some grant administration um, things, helping ensure plans are ready, being a trusted expert, especially by your members, um, and then knowing about how other internet-related programs um, coincide with ours as well. And I I don't remember before if an NTIA employee actually worked in the state of Tennessee. Is this the first time there's been an official role in Tennessee for NTIA? Yes. Um, We laugh. We compare ourselves to a startup quite a bit because before the BEAD program uh, and the digital equity programs came to be, NTIA was a very small team. Mm -hmm. And so now they are, um, they're hiring, I, I think they've tripled or quadrupled the size of the NTIA team. So first time that uh, NTIA has had a Tennessean in Tennessee uh, working with their programs. Which makes those conversations you're having with everyone and that educational piece of what you do and all that just that much more important. Absolutely. And I said that there's an FPO uh, assigned to each state, but that was an assumption on my part. Is, Is there any state or any reason a state would not get an FPO? Yeah. So generally speaking, most states will um, will or have already been assigned their own FPO. We're in the, the final stretch of hiring. Uh, that said, depending on some state size and their proximity, um, they may be covered uh, one FPO for two states. But I'm lucky that I get to focus on serving us right here in Tennessee. Well, we appreciate that. Having your full attention. Yes, absolutely. Well, you recently attended and participated on a panel at our KTA TMBA Fall Conference in Bowling Green, and we really appreciated you coming and and doing that. And I know you've been meeting with some of our other member companies and having those visits. So 
How are those conversations helping you prepare for what's coming with the BEAD program or what are you taking away from those visits? Thank you for having me at the conference. It was such a fun time um, and very informative for me as well. There are so many takeaways that I've had from the visits that I've had so far, and I'm looking forward to the ones that I'm currently in the process of scheduling. But probably my largest takeaway so far is that Tennessee has been doing such incredible work to connect our communities to high-speed, reliable, and affordable internet for years. And the collaboration among industry partners is just so very strong. And that's particularly exciting for both me and Tennessee because I just so clearly see that we are a state that is poised to be successful in deploying these programs and connecting everyone because there is just such a desire, a deep-seated desire and willingness to do so. So that's probably my, you know, my three biggest takeaways. My fourth would probably be I learned that splicing fiber is an incredibly technical skill. And (laughs) we should all be very thankful that that is not my part of uh, this this program, because I would not be good at it. Oh, I bet you would. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was just so impressed. It is. It's a very technical job. So, uh, you know, those folks spend a lot of time in those fiber trailers day in and day out and also down in the, you know, the holes and doing that in all kinds of situations. So great respect like you for those people that do that. Yes, I am. I am in awe of what they do. And the more that I learn, the more that I'm just so impressed with the knowledge and commitment in this industry. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy, very happy to hear you say that because as the director of the association, I know our members work really hard and, you know, strategically planning and um, all the things that it takes to connect Tennessee. And they've been doing it a long time and and still want to continue that effort until ever Tennessee and is connecting. So I'm glad that comes across in those conversations that you have with them. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, the possibilities and the opportunity of receiving bead funding, it, you know, of course, is exciting to our members and certainly for those residents and businesses that don't have broadband access today or don't have a reliable connection today um, in Tennessee and the other 49 states. With all this funding being made available down the road, what challenges do you think NTIA will have in administering the funds? What What's going to be their greatest challenge with that? That's a great question. I would say that probably the largest challenge that we have is that this is just such a tall order. Uh, connecting everyone in America to quality internet services has obviously never been accomplished And if it were easy, uh, it would have already been finished. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, just the fact the scope of this project is going to be a little bit difficult. I also think, you know, we're asking states and their partners to dig deep, sometimes literally digging deep uh, to make this happen. And we're just going to have to be nimble to address the unforeseen challenges that we don't know are coming in a way that we probably haven't been used to, especially as government, while still ensuring that we're taking all of the right steps along the way to 
do this the right way to make it last. So I think those are those are probably the biggest challenges. Well, like any big project, you don't know what you're going to have a problem with until it starts and you're in the middle of it. So, you know, then it'll become finding a solution that works for everyone and finding a quick solution, I guess. Right. From the broadband provider's perspective, what challenges do you think they will see applying for the funding and how will NTIA assist them with that application process? You know, how will they help in moving it along? Yes. So um, I do want to point out just for your listeners that it is really important to remember that Tennessee has to develop a comprehensive local coordination approach that will begin in the development of all the way from the five-year action plan, which is that strategic plan that we talked about at the conference that we'll do first and can continue all the way to, you know, through awarding and implementation And so our internet service providers really need to be sure that they're a part of that process to help limit the challenges that they may face. Because no one knows the challenges that are going to come up in this process better than those that have been doing it, and especially in your organization when they have been doing it for such a long time. So please be involved so we can help avoid as many as possible. Um, And then we also need you all at the table to advocate for actions that will facilitate faster broadband deployment, cheaper broadband deployment, and just more easily accessible um, broadband to those that are unserved and underserved. So just wanted to highlight that. That didn't answer your question. So I will answer your question in the way that one of the largest concerns that we've heard so far is just about workforce availability when the grants are awarded. Um, You may know, and if you haven't seen it yet, our technical assistance team has already begun providing some great resources, including a workforce planning guide that are available for that. Um, They're on the Internet for All web, uh, webpage. And a really exciting thing about this particular challenge is now is the time for our providers to assess their workforce needs and work with us to make sure that the right training and resources are available and in place to help mitigate this risk later on. Um, We are so excited that this is a huge job creation opportunity for Tennessee and that we have time to plan. So we we know that that challenge is coming and we're going to work with all of you all to help mitigate that along the way. Well, that workforce conversation happens in every meeting and every conference and (laughs) almost every face-to-face conversation right now because uh, there is such a shortage. And also, you know, our challenge is getting out there to uh, educate the high schools or the technical schools and and talk about the jobs that are available in our industry. And I know I have one vendor that has been looking for AutoCAD employees, and it's just difficult to find them. So, um that's definitely a challenge. So I'm glad that we will be able to work with your group and uh, your organization to try to solve that. Well, and I think that what is so exciting about the BEAD and DE program specifically is we do have a large opportunity to make these high quality and desirable jobs. Uh, But it is just making sure that we go um, and talk to you know, members like you all and, you know, bring high school and um, career and technical education and our TCATs and just bringing everyone to the table 
um, to really help highlight this future need. Not that you all haven't been doing that, but now that we, we know there's money coming, how can we help streamline all of those incredible efforts that are going on already? Right, right. Funding certainly helps push things through. It does. (laughs) Yeah, and get things going faster. The TNBA member companies have had a good working relationship with our state broadband director, Taylor Beatty, over at the Tennessee ECD. And you mentioned earlier about your role would be working with that office. So how do you see your job or your role and others in the same job working with each state's broadband director? How does that look? We'll continue to be a resource and a means of communication with Taylor and the broadband office from, again, that five-year action plan, which is step one, all the way through implementation. Um, We will have, you know, traditional grants management roles when it comes to working with um, Taylor and her team. So that'll just be making sure that the plans are prepped, that, you know, all of the Uh, I's are dotted and the T's are crossed in terms of, you know, getting those plans approved through NTIA. Um, And then we'll also be working with them. And I, again, I already mentioned this, but just really making sure that that stakeholder engagement um, piece is woven throughout the process. So in the beginning, it might be listening sessions, but as we get through to post award, it might look like visiting construction sites and talking with providers to find out what's going well and what, you know, what challenges there are. And so it'll really just be that constant communication because Taylor is going to hear things from stakeholders that I won't and vice versa. So it's really just making sure that there are two people devoted to uh, two people and then, you know, everyone else, but two people that are waking up every day and thinking about it, um, that this is going smoothly for all the, for everyone from providers to community members. Well, we will look forward to working with you and Taylor both. It it sounds like you'll be a very strong team working together uh, on this program. So um, it's, you know, that's only advantage, another advantage for here in our home state of Tennessee. So absolutely. Look forward to that. We're going to switch gears just a little bit. We've been talking about the money, you know, the bead funding and infrastructure, but let's talk a little bit about that digital equity because that's a big part to getting the Tennesseans not only the access, but also educating them to learn how to take advantage of it and what the benefits of it are. So, what are some of the things that NTIA is evaluating to? ensure that Tennesseans can connect to broadband service after it's built. So just want to reiterate that the digital equity piece of this program is so incredibly important. Um, We have a saying, and it has stuck with me, so I want to share it with everyone, that bead without equity is just bad. Oh, I like that. (laughs) Right? Easy. It's catchy to remember. Yes. Um, So even though NTIA has two separate programs for bead and DE, we really don't see them as separate. Um, we do have a, a guide. Uh, it's the five-year action plan and digital equity guide on our, again, Internet for All webpage that can really help our service providers understand the overlap of the two plans. So if they are interested in learning more, I would point them to that resource. I believe one of the best things about NTIA and its approach to the digital equity piece and bead for that matter is that the understanding 
and acknowledgement that states have different issues and challenges and that they really want states to do what's best. Um, They do not have a one-size-fits-all approach. Um, You know, NTIA has asked all states to ensure that they actively seek input and engagement from eight covered populations. And these covered populations are essentially groups and communities that historically have been disproportionately impacted by digital inequity. So this includes groups like our veterans, our people with disabilities, racial and ethnic minorities, those that live in rural areas. Um, I just listed four. You can go look at all of them in our notice of public funding if you're interested. Um, But NTIA wants us to go to these, these eight groups. And then they're asking states to complete a framework that essentially reflects the feedback the challenges and the solutions proposed from these people that they're hearing from, from these covered populations, to ensure that when everything is said and done and access is built out everywhere, that people are connected. A really short way to say what I just said is that Tennesseans ultimately will be the key stakeholders who will evaluate what we need to measure to ensure digital inclusion, and then will create the measures of success to know that we've done a good job. So NTIA is saying, hey, here are these eight groups that you need to make sure that you talk to. It doesn't just have to be these eight groups, but it definitely needs to include these eight groups. And then from there, the information is flowing from everyone that we talk to. I think that's definitely a positive that NTIA is going into it, where, as you said, one size does not fit all. Right. And we talk about the landscapes of 50 states that you can always find something beautiful in every state to see. So the same thing goes to be, you know, can be said about every state has its challenges, um, its successes and what's working and what needs to be worked on. So I think it's a really positive way to look at this program and say, tell us what you need versus us telling you what we think you need. Exactly. Is there anything else, Paige, that we haven't talked about that you would like to add as we wrap up? Yeah, the only thing that I will add is that we've been told time and time again that this truly is a once in a lifetime opportunity And so I would just encourage everyone to get involved because what we are doing uh, matters and it's important for the health and well-being of Tennessee long term. And so please just if you want to find out how you can get more involved, reach out. I would be more than happy to help point you in the right direction or be a resource for you. Uh, We are definitely partners in this and I'm really looking forward to working with all of you. Is there an email or a website that you would like to direct people to to get information from you? Yes, uh, my email is pshapiro at ntia.gov. Again, that's pshapiro at ntia.gov. If you are listening in your car, Just email Carrie. She'll send it to you. That's exactly right. (laughs) And um, if you are interested in any of the resources that I talked about, you can just, just Google Internet for All and it'll pop right up. 
Yes, that's a great website. I went to it the other day, and it's got a lot of uh, good information on there. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you, Paige. I appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to talk to me today. Happy to do it, and I would be happy to come back anytime. My guest has been Paige Shapiro, Tennessee's Federal Program Officer with the U.S. Department of Commerce, NTIA. You've been listening to Lee Tennessee Radio, produced by Tennessee Broadband Association, cooperative and independent companies connecting our state's rural communities and beyond with world-class broadband. Rural Broadband Today is brought to you by Pioneer Utility Resources. Rural Broadband Today is engineered by Lucas Smith of Lucky Sound Studio.